Series one of the Disabled Debrief podcast is sponsored by Diverse Educators. Co-founded by Benny Cara and Hannah Wilson, Diverse Ed began as a grassroots movement that has the mission to celebrate the diversity as well as to amplify the voices of those in education. It has evolved into a training provider for the school system of all things DEI. Find out more at diverseeducators.co.uk. Join the conversation on Twitter at DiverseEd2020. Welcome to the penultimate episode of the Disabled Debrief podcast with Conscious Being magazine. I'm your usual host, Lydia Wilkins, and today we're going to be talking to Kathy Ray. Now, you may have seen Kathy Ray on Instagram, on Twitter. She writes among other subjects such as disability and skincare, among other things. In this episode, we talk about a variety of topics such as activism, the sometimes controversial topic of emotional labour and more. As an opening question, how did you start writing? How did you become a writer? Um, so I did a degree in journalism. And um, although that didn't really help me in becoming a journalist, um, I have to confess, but after I left university, um, I worked in music for a little while, which was completely unrelated, but then eventually got a job as a journalist for a disability magazine. Um, and um, I stayed there for a few years and also did a bit of freelance music journalism while I was there. I found journalism a very, 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 very hard industry to crack into. It was also around the time, it was about kind of almost 15 years ago now, and it was around the time that digital was really taking off and none of these um, magazine houses and stuff had anything in place in terms of what they do in terms of income now that their magazines aren't selling right and they they hadn't they hadn't mastered the whole kind of advertising thing and you know all of that where they fit into this digital landscape and so it was all very much like uh trying to cut down on writers and trying to cut down on the variety of people that um that write for you and getting lots of people lots of the same person to do the to do everything just to save money um, so I really struggled to uh, to get another job in journalism in the UK and I actually ended up moving to Luxembourg <laughs> really randomly um, to continue being a journalist um, because I'd, I'd struggled so hard in the UK um, and and then uh, I kind of I got into a different career path of, of teaching and and editing uh, teaching materials but um that's kind of how I got into journalism. And then just in recent years, I've started writing again, now and again, for for different publications. And a lot of that has um, been publications approaching me because of my Instagram profile, rather than me, rather than me making a conscious decision to get back into journalism. It's just kind of happened that way. You've touched very briefly on barriers to the journalism industry. We know that this is quite an undiverse industry and we have the statistics to prove that. 
such as from the National Council for the Training of Journalists. Do you mind me asking, what was it about your experience that made it quite difficult to get into? I think it's... um... So journalism is, you're a successful journalist if your social skills are uh, like top-notch, right? It's all about who you know. I didn't go to a particularly good university. I didn't do uh, all the journalism exams, the NCTJs. Um, So it's never been about that. And no one's ever really questioned that. It's more just who do you know? You, you might get given this opportunity if you're in the right place at the right time. And I think statistically speaking, especially disabled people, but I'm sure other minority groups as well, we're quite often not in the right place at the right time. <laughs> or, or, you know, we're just not hyper visible in general. We're not in spaces to begin with. And so we're not forging those relationships. And so it's a lot harder for us um, to, you know, like we can email editors out of the blue, but so can millions of other people. And so it's just, if we don't, if we aren't able to forge that connection in person or to have someone else speak to someone about us and things like that, which is what so often happens in journalism, then people just don't don't know us from anyone else. And so we're ignored. I, I mean, I've definitely found that at different stages where it's been... Like now, I, I I don't I don't go out and meet people. I don't network. I don't hobnob. Um, the only reason I've got certain journalism jobs is because of my Instagram profile. If I didn't have that, then I wouldn't have got them. And there is for every journalism job I've got, I've had like 10, 15 pitches rejected. So um, wow. and that's that's super normal. That's super normal in this industry. But it also takes you know energy, and it's also a very badly paid industry. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that it's not diverse because while on the surface it looks like it could be an area where there's lots of uh, ability to customise in terms of like your hours and working from home and things like that. I think I think whilst that can be true, yeah, the other things that I've just mentioned really put up big barriers to people becoming successful enough to actually make it a job. reference to your Instagram profile you write across a variety of topics and sometimes they can seem not necessarily quite connected to each other I was sort of wondering why did you choose the topics as a niche that you write about yeah just lived experience they're things I'm passionate about that I really care about that I wish weren't misunderstood in the various ways that they're misunderstood and yeah that's it really. Uh, skincare is quite a random one. I don't often write about skincare, but I do really, really enjoy it. It's just a hobby of mine. And so um, so I do enjoy dipping into that um, that area, but it is it is very hard for somebody who is who doesn't fit the mold of what beauty standards are or whatever to um to making a living out of telling people what products they should be buying because my face needs to needs to match what what they want their face to look like right and so you know if it doesn't then yeah would you describe yourself as being a beauty influencer yeah I think I'm an influencer only for the fact that like obviously I've done ads on my Instagram and so I've influenced people to buy certain things that I've recommended um and maybe I've influenced people to th- think certain ways as well in terms of disability stuff or 
or to yeah whatever um I don't mind being called an influencer it's fine over the past few months and even years such as with the pandemic it's quite notable that we have seemingly had an influx of disabled content creators we have people like Nina Tame and Spencer West for example people also come to your account seemingly to almost as if they wish to educate themselves so when it comes to the topic of disability and disability justice for example what would you like them to know just that like disabled people are more than the sum of whatever disability they have um, I think that's always been quite important for me to try and illustrate on my account. And I've done it to varying degrees of success at different times. But like I'm a full person. I'm not just my disability. And I'm also not I don't consider myself um, an activist either. And I totally, totally have so much respect for activists. But I, I'm not one. Um, I've got enough. I've got enough going on. I can't do that as well. So sometimes I'll speak a little bit about my experience of, as, uh, of the disability I have in the body that I have, in the environment that I have. But that's just me kind of oversharing my life. It's not really me being an activist. And yeah, and then people can take, they can interpret it and they can resonate with it however they, however they do. Um, but ultimately, um, yeah, I think in terms of like, what I want people to know is just that yeah we're full humans and we're flawed and messy and wonderful and gross and all of these things just like everybody else. It's really interesting that you've picked up about the topic of activism. Privately I was talking to someone about this the other day and they said just by the sheer fact of existing as a disabled person you therefore are an activist. There is a cost to that a kind of emotional labor and one that we it's almost as if we just opt into it by default some would say on the basis of what this person was saying I was wondering what do you think about that um I think it's true that um that disabled people are you know expected to uh, educate the naive general public who just want to do good by us um, but don't know where to start. I think that is. I think that is true. I think, in a way, this might be a bit controversial for me to say, and I'm totally recognizing that I am one of these people as well. But in a way, the constant, the constant, the growing social media presence of disabled people who educate only kind of feeds into this narrative that that is our role, and that is quite tricky because. You know, I've I've had messages in the past, like I'll write a post about something that's really like sensitive to me. And then somebody will be like, OK, but can you also explain this? And I'm like, hey, fuck off. And I'll, I'll be I'll, I won't say fuck off, but I'll think fuck off or I'll, I'll be like, they're expecting me to do labor for free. They're just expecting me to just follow up a little bit, you know. And actually, that's something I've really, really been thinking about a lot recently and how how I have have in the past, you know, been really annoyed with people for for treating me like a resource, but I'm also treat I'm also putting myself out there like a resource at times, and so I got to put myself out how I want to be treated. If if I want to be treated a certain way, I've got to treat myself that way, and not run myself into the ground um, 
mining my own trauma just for, you know, the learning of others. That kind of took a, a, a bit of a segue off, off the actual question, but it was a point I wanted to make because it's something I've been thinking about a lot recently. And I think just like there is so much power in um, people um, of any minority identity who aren't super visible in general day-to-day life, just existing and just existing on the internet and just being like without needing to educate or without needing to um to speak about traumatic experiences or whatever. Um, and I think there's so much joy to be had in, in just seeing those, seeing dif- different people from all walks of life just existing and living their lives. There's something I've been thinking about a lot anyway. Something that we don't touch upon enough is the concept of what we could term as disabled joy. And I've seen you post about this and you've briefly touched upon that. So my question to you would be, what is your version of disabled joy? What does that mean to you? I find joy in loads of things. I think find joy in like laughing with my kids about something silly in spending time with my friends in uh, watching a good movie uh, by myself or having clean sheets on my beds or um I don't know, being able to finish something work-related, particularly if I don't want to do it. Uh, there's lots of, loads of things I find joy in. If, I mean, do you want me to speak more specifically about things that are related to disability? You can, if you'd like. Um, so I find there is so much disabled joy in, for me, in, in community. And I don't have that many disabled friends personally and I don't have like apart from my children nobody else in my family has my condition but so the friends that I do have I I hold them really close to my chest who are disabled um and particularly this is particularly the case for other people who have dwarfism not that not that I'm hierarchical as to who means more to me but just I find so much joy in that relationship because um there's just so much inherent understanding that we just don't even have to explain to each other. You know, I met up with somebody who has dwarfism who I'd only known via Instagram for the last couple of years. And I met up with them last month month, and we just spent the whole evening like cackling away and nobody else would even get like 90% of why we were cackling or like what we were talking about because it was so disjointed because we could just, we just knew we knew what each other wanted to say and and we got it we didn't have to over explain and stuff because we just got it and obviously some of that is partly because we have a similar sense of humor and stuff like that you know it's not the same every time I meet someone with dwarfism but it's so lovely when you do because yeah nobody else get gets it quite like other disabled people and so I get a lot of joy out of those moments and like out of you know, maybe a disabled person will message me on Instagram and be like, you know, your post just like hit me to the core. I totally resonate with X, Y, and Z. Or, or they'll message me and be like, hey, I've been thinking about X, Y, and Z and blah, 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 blah. And I'll be like, oh, wow, that's just so, I, I learn so much from what people message me as well as them hopefully maybe learning something from what I, I write. So yeah, I think there's a lot of, a lot of joy in that kind of thing as well. And also just in being silly, like, I'm definitely I definitely don't do this enough but it's something that I always 
try and do more of like just like just being silly with my kids or alone or whatever you know I don't need to I don't need to constantly move around in this world like everything's too heavy because it is too heavy we know it's too heavy it's never going to stop being too heavy it's never ever going to stop being too heavy so we sometimes we got to be silly because we only get one life if if that's what we believe but that's what I believe is that we only get one one life so like sometimes let's just take a break from all the the shit and um just be silly one last question to put to you Kathy for this episode when it comes to disability influencers we often see the term community banded around um particularly when it comes to content creators what does that mean to you it means a space where I feel safe and unjudged and I can just talk about something. And even though whoever I'm speaking to might not fully get it because they haven't had that experience or, you know, yeah, it's just been different for them. There's, 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 there's kind of like safety and comfort that surrounds that that exchange that it doesn't matter if they don't get it they're like holding space in a way that non-disabled people probably can't or don't and you know and while they yeah they might their experiences might be completely different but the emotions that they feel through their experiences are probably quite similar you know so um so they can resonate in a different way and uh, yeah that's kind of what community means to me and in terms of like the flip side of that as well you know because it's not all it's not all offloading to each other it's also just like having joy together and recognizing how special it is when things happen that are hard for us or or that don't happen every day for us and how amazing it is to just like to just have fun in in spite of it all basically I don't know if that made any sense but yeah so um just yeah just it relates massively to my last answer but just having people around that just really get the layers of of how far you've come to feel however you feel in that moment and really honor that whether that's negative positive or neutral that they just honor that because they get it and that's what yeah that's what community means to me and yeah that feeling of safety that feeling of like not being I mean everyone judges everyone to some level but not being really judged and not being there's a there's a tendency for me personally in my experiences there's a tendency whenever I'm offloading with um with non-disabled friends or or in my non-interactions with non-disabled people um you know people just want to be well-meaning and they want to help but they don't they that need to help um is so overwhelming for them that actually whatever comes out is helpful (laughs) or or you know and they don't really understand that sometimes we just need space to just to just chat or whatever you know we don't need them to find us find a solution all the time or um or to talk over us or to you know whatever it is so um I uh I think that's what kind of community is to me. People that get that, that get that you just need space sometimes and and that it's reciprocal, of course, you know, that you can give and hold space for, to others as well.